in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the cause of Abia. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both now well stricken in years. It came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of the incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him, he was scared. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. Thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Luke now begins writing about a priest and his wife who were both righteous in the sight of God. And it is what God sees that is most important. When you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and his finished work at the cross and the resurrection, God sees you as righteous in his sight. And that is good news, is it not? Well, Luke gives us a time frame, and he gives us the names of the people, their situation before God, Here's what it was. They had no children, they were old, but they had been praying for a child. So when the angel Gabriel came to Zechariah the priest, he came to give him the answer to their prayer. They would have a boy, his name would be called John, and his birth would bring them and many people joy. Well, let's join Dr. Mitchell in Luke chapter 1, verse 5 on the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast. We continue our studies in the Gospel through Luke today, and I sincerely hope that you are reading this Gospel day after day. And I just trust that as you read it, just read it to see our precious Savior. Notice his acts, notice his attitude, notice his motives, notice the revelation of the heart of God to men, and remember that God is just like Jesus. But Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. And when a person says to me, what is God like? Can I know him? Does he have any interest in me? 
that I might find a look at Jesus. And in this gospel through Luke, there is given to us this wonderful, wonderful revelation of the Savior. And in our last lesson, we were dealing with the introduction in the first four verses where we have this man, Luke, writing. He wrote with an exactness, God using his scientific, educated mind to examine all the facts. And I'm sure that he took a great deal of time to do this. Others had written beforehand, as I said a while ago, like Mark and Matthew, and he sat down and talked over and over again with eyewitnesses, examining, and so on. And he had perfect understanding from the first. And he wrote to this man, Theophilus, which means lover of God, an official of high standing, a Gentile, more than likely a Greek, who possibly had come to know the Savior through someone's testimony. Now Luke writes so that he may have the certainty of the things that took place wherein he had been instructed. This was the purpose of the writing. You see, the Word of God doesn't change. Experiences change. But the Word of God does not change. Uh, and I like what uh, Campbell Morgan said one time. He said, if, a, if the gospel is proclaimed in some darkened land, some tribal people or some nation that's in darkness, and they hear the gospel for the first time, and God saves a group of people, by the time they get past the second generation of Christians, if they do not have the word of God for themselves, they slip back into their old culture and religion. In other words, you and I have the word of God. Uh, person, you may hear a person preach, and he may suggest one thing or another, but after all, we must come right back to the word of God. What is God trying to say to you and to me as we read it? the word of God's for you today. You remember in the book of Hebrews chapter 3, the word of God is always for today, irrespective of the generation or the century or the year in which we live or the culture in which we live. The word of God is always for today. If the Lord tarries another thousand years, men will have to have the word of God for their generation. And their knowledge of God is going to come through the Word of God. This gives us assurance. It not only feeds our minds on the facts, but it also brings us into a realization of the assurance of life in Christ Jesus. So he writes in verse 4, the purpose of the writing, we might know the certainty of the truth written, not only intellectually, but to have the assurance of that truth in our own hearts and lives. Now we come to the first thing I want to talk to you about, and that is from verses 5 to the end of the chapter, the first chapter. You have the prophecy concerning the coming of our Lord. Let me repeat that. We have the prophecy concerning the coming of our Lord. And the first thing under that is we have the promise of the forerunner. Verses 5 to 25. And I'm going to read these verses, at least some of them, and make comment, possibly, and break it up, make comments concerning it. Reading from verse 5 of chapter 1 of the Gospel through Luke. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the cause of Abia. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances 
of the Lord blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both now well stricken in years. It came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of the incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. He was scared. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. Thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. Thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. Let me just stop here for a moment. You know, to me, it was, as you delve into these things, we begin to appreciate something of what God is trying to give to you and to me today. And as we study the gospel through Luke, I want this to be ever before you that what we read here, tis true, happened 1900 and some years ago. It's for me today. Now look at these, this connection. Certain priest named Zacharias, yet his wife's name was Elizabeth. And in read verse 6, they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Now let me just stop here. When did this take place? In the days of Herod, the king of Judea. Who was Herod? This is Herod the Great, a man full of corruption, a man who wouldn't even brook any opposition, killed some of his own family. Let's look at the conditions under which this man, Zechariah and Elizabeth, lived. It's a time when I say Herod the Great, who was of the descendant of Esau, he's an Idumenian. He was the descendant of Esau on the throne of Israel. Of course, he was under Roman authority. He was a no good man, brilliant, is true, a great ruler, but very, very corrupt very cruel. The priests were corrupt too. Instead of them glorifying the Lord and attracting the people of Israel to God, they were corrupt in their lives. The scribes of the day, the ones who wrote out the scriptures, as our Lord accused them afterwards, stealing from widows. They were grafters. The people around them, under the heel of Rome, troubled. Great deal of rebellion manifested. Yet in the midst of all this, in the midst of all this, here's a man and a woman. And the Bible says they were righteous before God. And they were walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord, blameless. You know, when I read that and began to think of the day in which they lived, with a corrupt priesthood, with a, an immoral, vicious king on the throne, yet they walk blameless before God. You see, friend, it is possible for God's people 
in any age, under any circumstance, to walk with God. God makes the provision. Now, I realize you say, well, Mr. Mitchell, you're only living in my circumstances. Listen, don't rationalize your failures because of circumstances. If you love the Savior, the Spirit of God's indwelling you. I'll say it very bluntly, none of us can live the Christian life by ourselves. None of us. Not even the Apostle Paul. It must be the Spirit of God living in and through us. And God will meet any heart that means wants to walk with him. The Lord will go more than halfway with you. Friend, listen, all he wants is you. He'll do the rest. And I'm encouraged when I realize this man, Zacharias, priest, living in the midst of a corrupt priesthood, walked with God. And the book says he was righteous before God. And he was blameless in that he, as far as he knew, he kept the commandments of the Lord. I repeat it, irrespective of the culture or the circumstances or the conditions, it is possible for God's people, now I'm talking about those who've been redeemed, a child of God can walk in the midst of corruption, walk with God. God can make that possible for you in your circumstances where you are. It is not that you are waiting for God to move. God's waiting for you. He's made the provision. This encourages my heart when I think of this. And I think about this couple, they were without children. You know, we today in America, we don't think so much about it, but for a, for a, a Jewish woman not to have a son, that's bad, bad. And every woman in history looked forward to the, to the day when possibly they might be the mother of Messiah, of the king who was coming, right down from Abraham, right on down, clean through. Abraham, you remember, was turned over to Isaac, through Isaac to Jacob, Jacob down to Judah, Judah down to David, and here you have a situation. Messiah's going to come. And for a Jewish woman to have no children, that's one of the hardest things for them to endure. But now note what took place. It came to pass, verse 8, that when Zacharias executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord, and the whole multitude of the people were praying without, that is, outside the temple, at the time of incense. Now, it might be well for me to say a word here. This man, Zacharias, was a priest. Though there were thousands of priests. It's very obvious that everyone could not burn incense on the altar of incense in the holy place. But by lot, it fell one time to Zacharias, possibly the only time in his life that he had the privilege during a period of time to go into the holy place and there offer incense before God. The one great experience of life for which he lived, for which he longed, that he would be chosen sometime to be the one to offer incense before God. Do you know when I got thinking about that, I confess I was smitten in my own heart. This man lived all his life for the opportunity and the privilege and the honor of coming within the, the holiest of all, pardon me, the holy place. 
and stand before the altar of incense and offer up prayers, offer up the incense before God, just once in a lifetime possibly. Many of the priests never had that opportunity. They lived for it, and the lot fell upon Zacharias to do that. Could I say this? I think, of course, of Hebrews chapter 10, 19 and 20, where the apostle who wrote to the Hebrews said, we have a new and living way. We have access into the presence of God through a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Or in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, when it says, let us come with boldness to the throne of grace and there obtain mercy and find grace to help in every time of need. This man, Zechariah, had one opportunity of a lifetime, and he took it, reveled in it, went to the presence of God, in the temple, in the holy place, offered incense. Since when did you and I come in the presence of God and offer our worship and our praise, our adoration, our thanksgiving, Friend, he only had one opportunity. He lived for it. You can come at any time, any day of the week, any hour of the day. You can come with your problems. You can come with your praise. You can come with your worship. But you can. Ha- there's an open way. The veil has been rent in twain. And you can come right into the very presence of God if you love the Savior. And there open up your heart to him. Offer your incense, offer your prayers, offer your thanksgiving, offer your worship. Do you mind me telling you that? This is the thing that God longs for. I don't know of anything that pleases the heart of God more than to have his redeemed children, with all their failures, yes, with all their stumblings, yes, with all their weaknesses, yes, but he just loves to have you come into his presence. Why don't we come more And I repeat it, when I read a thing like this, my heart is rebuked. This man had one opportunity in a lifetime. He lived for it. And what an experience. And outside, while he's in there offering the incense, the people are on the outside praying. They're on the outside praying. He's on the inside offering incense. And you and I can come within the veil. This is what Zechariah could not do. Only the high priest once a year was allowed within the veil. And you and I can come right within the veil into the very presence of God and offer our worship, our praise, our thanksgiving. Oh, I repeat it, how the Lord longs for this from you and from me. And I'm very, very sure that our lives are empty, void of power, void of joy, void of ecstasy and blessing and usefulness because we don't spend enough time in the presence of the Lord. It would be a wonderful thing if you and I were to spend, shall I put it, discipline ourselves so that day by day, wherever you are, driving the car, walking down the street, whatever you may be doing, to have your heart in blessed, precious fellowship with the Lord. And the door is always open for you and me to come into his presence. I kind of like this about Zechariah. No wonder the rest of the story, there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. 
And no wonder Zacharias was troubled. And by the way, do you know who the angel was? Well, in verse 19 tells you, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God. Now, Abel, Gabriel is the messenger of God. Go to the book of Daniel. You have Gabriel, the messenger of God. As you go down the chapter, you find Gabriel, the messenger of God, talking to Mary. You have it here. It seems as if Gabriel was, was always in the presence of God, waiting to receive instructions from God to carry a message to somebody. He was God's messenger. And here, the, this marvelous thing, this Gabrielus messenger who stood in the presence of God came down to a man, a priest. And he said, fear not. I like this. The very first thing he does, get rid of your fears. Zacharias was troubled. He was scared, to be frank, but he was really scared. I think I would be too. This man Gabriel came. He said, fear not. I'm reminded after resurrection. The very first words our Lord said was what? Fear not. Or, peace be unto you. Peace. Fear not. He dispels all fear. When a sinner comes into the presence of God, wanting to know God, coming with all their sins and failures and frailty, the very first thing God does gives you peace. Fear is banished. You mean, Mr. Mitchell, I can come with all my sins into the presence of God? Yes, when you come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you come and you mean business, oh, you've got to mean business. And you come before God, lay your life before him and accept his son as your savior. He gives you absolute perfect peace. That's why Romans 5, 1 says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Very first thing. Fear not, Zacharias, thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. You know, you're not going to have a girl, you're going to have a son. Now, when you mothers are going to have children, you don't know whether you're going to have a boy or a girl. I'll tell you, it was wonderful here. Your wife Elizabeth's going to have a son, and you're going to call his name John. And you will be filled with joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. Wonderful thing this, is it not? Your prayer is heard. Friend, let me tell you this. I don't care how feeble your prayers are, but if you come before God, he hears every prayer. You say, but I didn't get the answer. No, no. It may be that God may withhold the answer for a while, but he heard your prayer. Daniel prayed, you remember. And how long did he have to wait for the answer? See, he waited 21 days. But he was heard the moment he prayed. His prayer was heard. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful? The moment you and I come in the presence of God as his children and pray, he hears our prayers. Oh, you see, if somebody else were to do the praying, no, friend, if you love the Savior, if you're a child of God, the door's wide open. You come right into the presence of God. I don't care how you stumble over your word. That's neither here nor there. It's your heart attitude coming before God, and he will hear your prayers. And in his blessed time, he will answer your prayers. Why? Because he loves you. 
Why? Because he loves you. That's John 16. Because he loves you. Ah, listen, friend. Not your love for him. His love for you. Now, you you take some time today, will you? And go right into his presence. Don't be afraid. Go right into his presence if you love the Savior. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, you make your requests. You offer your worship and your praise. It's sweet incense before God. My, what a privilege. What a privilege. Don't wait. You do it today. When I think of Jesus dying on the cross for me, thine Lord would I be, freely giving up his life from sin to set me free. Thine Lord would I be. Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study today. Write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to the Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Radio Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.